Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. It's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your passion, folks. What's up, everybody? Josh from the Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another episode of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. We had a great uh, long holiday, Memorial Day weekend. Um, I hope the guys did well, did as well. We got Brian, we got Kitty here joining me tonight. We've got a lot of Royals talking to do, uh, a lot of roster moves over the last two two weeks or so that uh, we wanted to get into, kind of break down a little bit, see what uh, what the effect of them could potentially be, and then what we're kind of thinking about them uh, a little bit, you know, longer over the next couple of weeks, depending on how these injuries go. So we're gonna cut, we're gonna talk a little bit about those uh, Royals roster moves. Uh, that's basically what we're going to do, except we are going to do a little Ball Street. We have, haven't come back to the player edition of Ball Street in a couple of weeks. So we're going to break down, buy, sell, and trade some player stock um, to go with Ball Street tonight and then get into some fun shenanigans. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the uh, clearing the waivers. We're clearing the Royals doing a lot better, hovering around 500 uh, as we speak. I believe they are 500, correct? On June 1st, just like a couple of us told you they I would mean, be. I we, mean, we kind of right. bought stock in that, and uh, <laughs> now we're reaping the benefits of such a hot, hot take. That's right. Um, currently, five to th- or, I'm sorry, four to three ball game against the Pirates with runners on first and third in the, in the fifth inning. So I'm not going to say anything other than, you know, the, the pure facts of the situation uh, in hopes that we don't jinx anybody. But uh, I have a feeling we're going to do some jinxing tonight if, uh, if I have, uh, have to put some money on it tonight. But we're going to get into some roster moves. Like I said, the roster move rundown, if you will. We're going to talk about some of the effect of the move. Uh, some of them may have been uh, recent re- returns, followed by recent uh, flare-ups of new injuries. We'll have to see what we're talking about there, as well as just some uh, just some fun young players that uh, got some call and got some action on the big league stage. So uh, let's start off with the Mondesi. Adalberto Mondesi returned and then potentially became re-injured. Uh it sounds like the uh, hamstring strain is not as bad as they kind of thought it might be uh, taking a day by day. He's sitting out tonight, but uh, we'll kind of see how, uh, how the week kind of shapes up uh, from there. But we also got Hunter Dozier back. Um, so the two big profound bats in this lineup uh, needed a lot of help. Kitty, what's your read on the, uh, the return of, of Mondesi and Hunter Dozier? Yeah, really nice to have getting, so much closer to that opening day lineup we expected to see coming out of spring training before Mondesi got hurt right at the end there. And Mondesi came out, he came out guns blazing at the plate. I mean, he's just been anything he gets, he makes contact with. He's hitting her hard right now. So that's always good to see. Got 26 ABs through last night's game. He's got three doubles, two home runs, hitting a solid slash of 360, 367, 20. <laughs> Which means there's one tiny red flag in that uh, slash line. That's one always been a red flag. Tiny with him, red flag with him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the good is the home runs and doubles, the power he's showing. The bad is 10 strikeouts and no walks and 26 uh, bats. That is way too high for one and way too low on the other. So a sure. little bit of work still need to be done with him at the plate. So a couple defensive lapses. As yep. well as come up with one was obviously on the uh, when the infield was in and 
hard hit ball to him and he double clutched on the throw and then bounced it at home. So still a little rust to knock off. Probably maybe some of that is there with the defensive lapses, whereas the plate probably a little easier to get picked up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope, I mean, before the year started, I was a little more down on Mondesi than I think most of the fan base. I was basically. It's only, it's only been prior to the year. It's, it hasn't been the last two years. Maybe it's been a little longer, but I was just trying to, <laughs> I don't want to bring up old shit. Let's just stay with this year. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I'm basically, I think a 750 OPS is fine for him. It's not what kind of the ticket the Royals franchise was promised with the draft pit or when they picked him up and he was this, the savior on offense and he's just never completely put it together for a full year where his best career OPS is 804. So if he can sniff that this year, that'll be a huge improvement for him for which will now be basically four months of a season, get that 120 games in and hopefully turn it around a little bit with, at the plate. So as a, as an Alberto Mondesi hater, would you take 804 <laughs> from him right now? For the, for this full season, for the rest of the year, for the rest of this year. Yes. I'll take 804. I don't, I would bet the under, Sure, but I'd be. Fair. I mean, everyone, everyone. I think he's he's still living on the expectations that he had camp coming up. It's been excuses on. He's been hurt one year. Is gets really hot. He gets really cold. He just needs to even his whole, even his bat out, and it'll be great. So he's mm-hmm. still. I mean, fans. He's still. I think a lot of people's favorite player still, and he's really never done a whole lot to earn that earn that title in the fan base but still time he's still super young so i'm hoping hopeful but i'm not too optimistic on his what he does for the rest of the season hoping it's in that 800 range in the ops which would be a huge boon to the offense because you're replacing someone that's around 600 ops with someone at 800 yep from nikki to mondesi so that's a huge boost for the offense plus He's already got a stolen base as well. I don't. I can't remember if you mentioned that or not, but yeah, no, I did only, not. Only what six games back? Is that six or seven games he's been back? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, already a stolen base. So hitting eight eight hundred OPS with a with what forty bags? Uh, right. Yeah, I think that's is perfectly his, acceptable at this point. That's definitely a hidden element to his his yeah. batting. Because when you just look at the straight numbers or the slash line, you don't get those stolen bases in there. That's a big weapon especially for someone like him who does do a really good job of stealing at a high clip that's actually yep. val- actually valuable to your team to steal those bases. You talk about clips and, and jumping in. I got a couple numbers here for you. With right. him in the lineup, they're averaging 4.4 runs a game. Without him, 4.2. Oh, baby. <laughs> Watch out. He, they're 4-3 and three since he's been back. Prior to that, 22-23. and 23. Above What a catalyst. Huge. Huge. I mean – it's a 570 win percentage with him in the lineup. It's huge. That's what you want. <laughs> well, something I saw that was kind of crazy that in seven games, Mondesi is already tied fifth most war among position players. <laughs> he is tied with Nicky Lopez oh, at 0.4 war and ahead of Andrew Benintendi in war in ahead seven games. That should not be possible. That's outrageous. Seven games. Benintendi hits a grand slam. That should be worth 1.0 war. 1.0. It <laughs> might he help just, him. He just I'll have, I'll have to check how that the equation is done, but <laughs> I'm gonna in my book, that's one war. One just like war. Michael A. Taylor had 
at least 2.0 defensive run saved on opening day. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, too. Yeah. Point. Even I though like I think it. HUD was saying the night he's at five on the year that puts him like third in, in center fielders. Yeah. Um, Sounds right. He, to, in my book, he had at least two opening day. Yeah. And I don't think he yeah. qualified like that. Right. No, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> but the, 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 the crappy thing about Modesty is not only have these injuries he's had, like oblique and hamstring are both yeah. injuries that can just linger the entire season. And they yeah. want, they're going to want to baby him with this, just like they babied him with the oblique. Because if you rush it at all, it will bite you and you'll be shut down for another two months. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. frustrating, even with the, the the nice reports they got today, a stupid hamstring can pop up at any point again. He could be feeling fine for the next three days and they put him out there and he could be done for eight weeks. It's, right. It just sucks that the, it's always these soft tissue type things. There's these crappy muscle type things that uh, they just keep him out way too long. There's no set table on here's what, here's how long you should wait ramp it up this many days and you're back in there yeah. so yeah. hopefully it is really is this minor minor thing and they got a day off tomorrow i mean best case scenario is back out there the next day but I, right. i'm not i'm not expecting it he's uh he's right, a yeah. new arian foster <laughs> <laughs> exactly shout out That's to all the arian foster fans <laughs> a lot of crossover royals fans, yeah, yeah, foster yeah. fans. That's, That's right definitely 100%. oh yeah well, the, uh, the other issue that we kind of saw was uh, Hunter Dozier, not off to the greatest start this year, um, finally mm-hmm. came back to this lineup. Kitty, where's your, what's your outlook on Hunter Dozier? Yeah, I'm getting lower and lower every day with Hunter Dozier. It's <laughs> not good. I'm, I'm a real, real, real jerk fan tonight on, this, on the podcast. But, sure. I mean, I couldn't believe, I was watching the ESPN's feed last night, and I could not believe when – they said he only has or he has zero hits to right field the whole season. That was and he's only I looked that and up today. One hit is center field and on the second base side of second rather than the shortstop mm-hmm. side. So he's I mean, he's just gone pull crazy this whole year. Nothing going to right field. It's I mean, I feel like that's just a recipe to for a bunch of easy outs with a guy like that who Yeah just wants to pull everything. They just start throwing a bunch of off speed pitch on the outside half of the plate. And he's just going to start rolling everything over, over. Yep. unless they hang a slider to him. So yeah, what was it? And then hard hit percentage has been down quite a bit from his high in 2019 of 45% to now it's down at 33% this year. Hmm. So there's just, I'm worried about this contract they gave him about how, what it's going to, what it could do potentially to the, it's not a huge deal, but it feels like a, a deal where a team like the Royals are just going to plug him out there every day and let him play through yep. his struggles rather than, sorry, you're, you're not playing well. You're, you're not going to, you don't play now. Whereas there's not just, there's not always the great option on a team that usually is pretty somewhat thrifty with their payroll. Yeah. And I mean, Kelvin Gutierrez has been okay. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of his. He does play better defensively at third base than Hunter Dozier does. I think that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're long-term thinking Hunter Dozier is your right fielder, potentially, we'll see how that goes, um, depending on what to do with Bobby Wood Jr. and Mondesi for that matter. But um, I still wouldn't call Kelvin a Gutierrez option like full-time. I'm fine with him kind of subbing in. 
but I'm not expecting much from him. I, I still want Dozier to get plenty of reps to make sure I try to grind this out. To, they, they extended him. That money is spent. They got to mm-hmm. try to try to wring it out. You don't want to. I keep coming back to Gregory Polanco and his contract that the Pirates gave him, thinking that they were going to get a superstar for the cheap. And we talked a lot yeah. about the uh, Bobby Wood extension last week. I, I I just don't want that to happen with Hunter Dozier. I, I I'm I'm a big Hunter Dozier fan, Brian. You are too, as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we all just rooting for him as well to kind of figure this out. But. He's, he's still striking out 31.3% of the time in his last four games. Uh, still swinging at too many pitches outside the zone. He's not making uh, – he's making a little a bit less contact than he than he has his whole career. So kind of seems like that time off was – come back more more of the same, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely – it looks more and more if, you, if he keeps this up that Bobby Witt Jr. will be the third baseman sooner rather than later if – like I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Gutierrez. I think he's a fine piece to have on your team, but he's not an everyday starter. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to let Hunter Dozier block Bobby Wood Jr. whenever he's ready. I think right. whenever he's ready, they make a hole for him and they move people around. It, it does make you question Hunter Dozier's long-term position because if, if Bobby Witt does slide into that third base spot and you keep Mondi at short for a while – Isabel's also another option that they're excited about in one of the corner fields. Benintendi's going to be here a couple more years. Uh, they love Hunter Dozier's defense at first base, but you're probably Prado. looking at how Nick Prado also being ready at the same time, and they love, love, love his defense at first base. Yeah. So you do wonder what that's going to look like in here in a couple of years. But in, in the, the the right now, yeah, I I still don't hate watching his at bats like there's certain guys that i hate yeah. watching their at bats because they just look lost as hell up there swinging they're over swinging at everything and i mean he hits the ball hard and i know everyone's tired of hearing about our hard hits <laughs> that don't turn into shit but uh i i gotta think at some point his luck's gonna turn around here a little bit he, he just hitting the ball too hard he's got too good uh eye discipline of the plate coverage yeah. as far as what the strike zone is um i think he will turn it around but you, it does, I mean, bring into question how long this continues, what kind of conversations are going on behind the doors of what what are we looking at here uh, plan-wise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I, I'm like you. I, I don't feel great about him playing third base. I, I'm fine with him playing right field. I think he's perfectly acceptable out there. Yeah. But like you said, they've got other options. They really like a lot in the corner outfield for once. <laughs> yeah. During the World Series run, we, were, we couldn't find a right fielder to save our lives. <laughs> yep. But now we have um, too many options. I will say <laughs> that okay defense is not ideal, and especially no. not for Dayton Moore. And and uh, so I, I kind of wonder that if he, if it comes down to it, I, I kind of wonder, yeah, long term, what's what's his role here? So especially when the, the the guy everyone's excited about in the minor leagues that can play third base at a gold love level potentially, I mean. Third yeah. base is looking no longer occupied. I mean, it looks kind of right. like it's locked up if we're going to talk about the next couple of years. But that's also you have to factor in what what's Mondesi's future look like. Does Bobby, you know, s- slide over to short when he's more natural? Um, so I mean, there's options, and that's those are conversations we had down the road. But 100%. the longer he struggles, the longer he struggles, the more you you bring into question: Is this the real Hunter Dozier, or yeah. is what we saw in 2019? <laughs> The real somewhere in the between real probably hunter dozier please stand up and hopefully yeah. that's a 200 275 average with some power yeah that would be nice yeah 
I would accept <laughs> another 800 OPS from him as well. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to another guy that's been overswinging a bit, but also uh, generates a ton of power. Uh, Jorge Soler injured. They did say he was available uh, tonight with a groin strain. Um, we all wonder if that's a real injury I think, at this point. Um, he he certainly looked like he needed a, a day off. And after a few days, they kind of called uh, Edward Olivares. The savior has come. <laughs> People were trying to, trying to make him the new superstar that's going to save this franchise and save this outfield. Uh, absolutely hot in triple a so uh it could be but uh we'll, we'll, i think the jury's still out at least in my brain brian between these two moves where what's your read on it what's the uh what's the impact here well like you you kind of alluded to there it was almost like a convenient injury i i don't think they made it up but it did come in a, at a nice time where they can conveniently sit him down on the bench without technically benching him hmm. even if it's a you know a tw- tweak or whatever they want to call it um it's nice that he can maybe sit down and reset a little bit on the year and, and just not keep going up there and forcing stuff and trying to make changes on the fly. And because he is one of those guys that I was talking about Hunter Dozier, I don't mind watching his at bats. There are solar bats that drive me insane. <laughs> when he when he's bad, he's he's horrible and he can't yeah. lay off a slider. And and yep. when he when he's hot, he, you know, he can't get him out sometimes. So it, it can always turn around. But you, you talked about before, I think. Um, on the podcast, not this week, but about people forcing their way onto this roster. I think that was Daniel Lynch. You, you described as forcing his way on this roster. That doesn't sound like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said, I Edward Olivares, I mean, kind of forced his way on here with his hot start 20 games in he's batting 395 with an 11, 27 OPS five home runs, um, which is the complete opposite of what we've been seeing from some solar mm. and, uh, I, I when when Solaire got pulled from the middle of the game, yeah, I thought you know, well, with Dozier and Bonnesy coming back, we're going to kind of go back to that uh, spring training approach of what we looked for opening day, where you know Witt will go back out to right field, Nicky will slide to second, Dozier to third, kind of what they had planned from the beginning uh, going into the season. But to my surprise, they said let's go, let's give this Oliveras kid a shot because mm-hmm. they looked out there, they they're seeing these guys struggle at the plate every day. And Nicky, you know, he's been a fine nine hitter. We've talked about that, you know, ad nauseum. Right. He's fine for a nine hitter, but you kind of want that extra bat in there. And he provides a, an uptick in defense because we'd also <laughs> talked about not being, you know, being okay with uh, Mike Matheny's move so far this year. But one that's kind of frustrated me with, with, with Jorge Soler being so bad on offense he's kind of doubled down and said, well, let's let him be horrible on defense too in right field instead of keeping him at DH, even with injuries and everything and not killing our outfield defense. So Olivares will not kill your outside outfield defense. He's no great defender by any means, but he's way better than Hoy Soler or even Hunter Dozier for that matter. With Merrifield, he's probably probably on par with him, I would guess, in, in right field. But, you know, he moves so much better, so much better range. And we saw a few times in the past couple of weeks, Solaire trying to make throws from right field. And you see this big, strong son of a bitch. And you're like, he's going <laughs> to unload gonna... a cannon here. And then you just see a three, three hopper to the home yeah. plate. Uh-huh. It's like, God dang, like, do you offer anything defensively for us? And it's it's not his fault. He, he's supposed to be DH only on this team. Mm-hmm. But we've had to 
kind of forces force him out there in right field and that's just not helping anyone so if he's gonna kill you let him kill you in one facet of the game and not two please so that's my do, that's my thing i do wonder how much of that is like uh, with him it's it's contract year for him so i wonder if he is requesting or his agents requesting to get more time out in the outfield in order to establish more value for himself but I think it's, you can ask for whatever you want. But. Correct. And I think uh, Matheny, I, I feel like managers are most, they're juggling personalities and stuff. So that's got to mm-hmm. be taken into account if that's what's happening. I obviously well, don't know. If I mean, that's if it's happening, he's actually depressing his value by getting Correct. I'm out in right field, which is actually, is. that might be, maybe that's Dayton Morris. 3d chess on so layers game of checkers <laughs> where oh you want to go play right field to increase your value or you just look horrible out there now you're worth three million dollars a year on yep. the free agent market instead of what you think you are look out for a four-year deal with a mutual <laughs> option <laughs> look out for the dayton more special I'm, god if he keeps this up i can't imagine anyone gives to layer more than a year so you mentioned Olivares is a uh improvement in the outfield last year in right field specifically a negative two defensive runs saved and it was a negative score in right field so far he already has one defensive run saved in right field in 18 innings so he could be standing in the right direction but it's wild and i completely agree with what you said it is an improvement (laughs) (laughs) and i mean plenty of people on social media have pointed out that couldn't be worse at the plate than jorge Soler. yeah if he is absolutely uh, just a scotch uh, bringing something to the table, it's already a loss, not getting any improvement, any kind of uh, productivity from Jorge Soler. It's already a detriment to the offense. So if they get anything positive from Edward Olivares with his time here, I think it's a win at this and point. And I'm curious to see, because he talked a lot about working with Rusty Koontz in the, in the offseason. Uh, you kind of wonder if there is going to be a Rusty Koontz difference or a Rusty Koontz factor when you, if we see maybe the defensive run save kind of take an uptick another year, he's more comfortable in, in playing in Coffin Stadium. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see because he, he can, the guy can run, he can hit. And if he can pull it all together, he's like 25 or 26 year old still. So there's plenty there. And we, remember, we traded him for like two months of Trevor Rosenthal. Right. So, I mean, you got to love the upside there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't love it that he's blocking Kyle Isbell now because I'm a big Kyle Isbell. <laughs> but if Isbell okay. forces his way on this roster, they love Isbell. So he'll he'll definitely get his crack if if he starts raking like Olivares was. Yeah. He, he was hitting pretty well. He was. Yeah. He's coming well around. Weeks, yeah. Um, to move on to the next one here, uh, Josh Stamont out indefinitely with some kind of knee sprain, uh, left knee sprain. Um, I think that diagnosis was something that a lot of us weren't necessarily expecting considering his drop in velo i think everybody kind of expected it was some kind of arm thing and uh nobody likes to say the dirty word of tj um, (laughs) in there but i think that's kind of what everybody was expecting in this situation so it's kind of a relief that it's that it's a left knee thing but the fact you still had indefinitely on there and nobody loves that so uh kitty what's your read on this josh damont situation yeah it's definitely a disappointment not having him out there and just help solidify the bullpen even more. And because he was like you, as you requested, maybe a two to three weeks into the season, let's try him at closer. And they, they sure did. And he got it done. I mean, Josh out here doesn't sound like moves. Doesn't sound like you would say again, man, I don't know where this is coming from. guys. (laughs) 
keep hearing things every week over here. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> but it was, it was nice. To, it kind of felt a bit of a throwback to those 2014, 2015 Royals teams where you knew you felt a little much better about the closer. Cause it's been, I feel like it's been a while since basically since that 2015 season where you felt good about the ninth inning when the Royals had a lead. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing you worry about is when you lose a closer, who's going to step up, mm-hmm. who's ready to go. And lo and behold, we've got some guys that are stepping up recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barlow, of course, but I feel like he is definitely the fireman of the bullpen, and he comes in between the fifth and the eighth whenever he's needed most. <laughs> yeah. Whenever the Royals are struggling to finish out an inning, Barlow's coming in to give you finished off an inning and then go, go to the next inning. So he's definitely in his role. Mm-hmm. But then you had Zimmer stepped up, and he's picked up a save yeah. and done his, done his job last couple of weeks. And then old Brents also stepped up. Yeah. And those three guys, Barlow, Zimmer, Brents, 0.00 ERA the last two weeks. That's <laughs> nice bullpen work. I like seeing yep. that. So then with those three pitching like that, you've got some really good options in the bullpen. Then you mm-hmm. fill out the rest. You've got Zuber, Holland, right now, Wade Davis and Santana out there as well. It's mainly your bullpen options. Santana more of that. I feel like more of a swing guy, but I feel like if they have to use them because of usage patterns, they'll put them out there for an inning or two. Yeah. So that just having three to four, maybe five guys, if one of the other ones is having a nice little stretch, you feel really good about most games. Even if you're down a little bit going into the fifth or sixth inning, you feel like you have a good chance with that bullpen can shut the other team down. So it's disappointing that Stalmont is hurt and out, but if this team's kind of come together a little bit better in that bullpen right now. So yeah. don't feel as bad. So he's got the time to, get healthy and come back and just make that bullpen look that much better. Yeah. And I didn't put it on the, on the, the rundown here. So I'm glad you mentioned it, but Kyle Zimmer's return was also very well-timed all things considered. Um, yep. He was, it was going to be real shallow in before he was out. And if they lost Samant, it was going to be even more so. So it's good and very timely that Kyle Zimmer did come back. Uh, kind of speaking on that, they're going to need Josh Stamont back very soon. Uh, on Wednesday they have a day off and then they don't have another day off till June 17th and even beyond that they have two days off after Wednesday until the all-star break so it's going to be a one hellacious run it's going to start heating up uh, around here (laughs) so they're going to start needing some more arms in that bullpen and uh, the more Josh Stalmont is is resting and, and not able to pitch uh, the more run down and the more weary they're going to get. So uh, they're going to need to get Stalmont back as, as quickly as we can here. Um, I wonder too, if with Stalmont being, you know, indefinite with his knee sprain, if they, if they feel a little more pressure to act sooner on maybe going out and trying to trade for a legit bullpen piece, mm-hmm. because you look down at who the guys have been kind of bringing up between the minors and stuff like Newberry doesn't really move the needle a whole lot. You wonder they, you know, Matheny's quote about, you know, everything we've asked Irvin Santana to do, he's answered the bell. I wonder if we see him maybe start being used in more of a high leverage situation and not long reliever, because maybe we put Carlos Hernandez in that long re- reliever role yeah. since he's he's pitching starter, starting innings in the in the minor leagues. I, I just wonder, and it may be, uh, you know, indefinite could mean Stamont gets activated for the next series. We have no idea what this right. knee sprain is or what he's doing. They they haven't really shared us a whole lot of information. So 
if if it is something that's going to be a while, you wonder because he is such relied on piece at the end of the bullpen. And we've had a shaky, we, we talked about the trust tree. It's not real popular at the top at the trust tree right now <laughs> uh-huh. in the Royals bullpen. So they've been good here the last couple of weeks, like Kitty said, but you, you wonder because there are teams like, I think the Rays have already made a couple of moves for bullpen guys. Yep. I, I think Hunter Strickland got moved. Um, there are teams trading relievers already and not just waiting till the, till the deadline. So I wonder if they will feel a little more pressure they you know, scratched and clawed back to 500, being competitive once again, back on June 1st. They they admitted that they were secretly targeting to be 500 when they got Monacy back. They've mm-hmm. done that. So mm-hmm. you kind of wonder if they if they try to take the next level with this team as far as like trying to compete and make a move, whether that's adding one of those stud young arms to the bullpen potentially, or they go out and they try to, to make a trade to get a, a proven veteran uh, reliever to add that's not Wade Davis. <laughs> eh, that's just a placeholder anyways. Um, but at this point, yeah, I don't, I don't, I hope they're not really relying too much on Wade Davis and what he's going to bring to the table for sure. But um, you mentioned Carlos Hernandez in here and that's actually the next point here. So great transition. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, still no Danny Duffy. We've got an uh, update on him uh, before the game tonight saying that he's going to start a 90 foot throwing program. Uh, probably not going to make it back for any series next week. But after that, it's not out of the cards yet. Still got to probably do some kind of rehab assignment in Omaha, but we'll have to see how it goes. Some of these old veterans can probably stump, just step right back in there. But um, was <clears throat> dealing with a flexor strain when they described it as a relatively minor injury. Um, and I think, yeah, prior to the game, it was that was the news that they kind of updated. Lynn Worthy said that he was as of Thursday, he was still resting. So it's good to hear that he's made some pretty good progression since then. Um, but it still sounds like going to be a couple weeks, which kind of brings us to the uh, Carlos Hernandez getting recalled. Um, it's kind of tough. He in the past as a prospect, he has been rated as having some of the best stuff in the organization prior to that. 2018 giraffe where they just loaded up on massive studs it seemed like carlos hernandez had potentially front of the rotate front of the rotation stuff uh it was always about harnessing it controlling it being able to command it and uh he is apparently still struggling with that because he did come in uh on saturday relieved urban santana and his start uh, came in with one on in the fourth and had trouble locating gave up two earned immediately and then I thought he settled in pretty nicely. Uh, there was a lot of critics on social media, if you will, that thought he was nothing. But I think that 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 appearance was actually fairly encouraging. I think that he had pretty electric stuff. He's got a good fastball that hits up to 100 miles an hour. Uh, got a pr- pretty well-rounded curveball uh, that kind of acts like a little slurve a little bit more uh, than most pitches. And then he's got a decent you know, change. He's got a sinker that he's been relying on a little bit more this year. Um, so... Uh, not great, but he did settle in, which is encouraging. Like I said, uh, the biggest thing is it allowed that bullpen to rest uh, between the days off that they've had here lately and uh, being able to only go through three pitchers when it's a quote-unquote bullpen game is, is a big deal. Whether it's a win or a loss, I, I still think it's somewhat of a moral victory, a little silver lining, if you will, that the bullpen did get a chance to, uh, to rest up there. So I think that was his biggest contribution, was immediately sent back down the next day uh, so we'll probably see him again at some point. I think long-term, I mean, he's 24 years old. 
Uh, I still got quite a bit of development to kind of come along with, and that's really going to be the factor uh, as to what his role is moving forward. But I think at the very least, we got a solid reliever uh, in the bullpen through through with Carlos Hernandez. And if he develops correctly, he could be a starter. He could be thrown into this. Uh, shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. Maybe he turns into the oh shit guy out of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very interested <laughs> in that role for him. If that happens. But it's always, you know, not nothing. 100 mile an hour fastball that also has a ton of sink on it uh with you know okay massive uh massive okay <laughs> secondary pitches to go <laughs> with them so uh i mean long term I, I think we get at least a solid bullpen arm i'm excited to see him at the major league level and to see major league hitters but hopefully we get to see him again soon on that front for sure yeah and i think you'd mentioned too that uh you're curious to see how the rest of this year looks for danny duffy because i mean there's a non-zero chance that when they bring him back maybe they pitch him out of the bullpen and they say lynch you're up again we're gonna give you another shot i mean we can we could see that as soon as you like you said this weekend when they need a, another starter whether it's Kowar being out of the 40 man or lynch gets another shot um and i'll just say it's been it's been nice to see lynch since he he got sent back down to omaha it would be you know kind of expected almost for him after he got beat up in the majors in, in his debut to go down there and just kind of be pouty and, and not putting up good performances at least to the start kind of get back into that a little bit but he just hit the ground running back at Omaha and been putting start after start quality starts after quality starts so I think he's a he's a guy we might see making that next move and getting that spot the, the, the next time through because there he's already on the 40 man yeah there's a open 40 man or a open spot on Friday. Like you said, yep. is the, is the day right now. Um, he pitched on Sunday, he pitched five innings. So the, the rest is there. It's right, right on schedule for him to potentially get that call up. Um, but yeah, 1.20 whip, 2.70 ERA, 20 strikeouts and six walks in three starts since he's been down to AAA. So yeah, he didn't, you'd kind of expect him to take his lumps a little bit, but um, yeah, he's, he's settled in nicely and hopefully he's fixed what he needed to, to, uh, the tipping or the mechanics, whatever it was, it seemed like he's at least somewhat figured it out on a AAA level. So, and it's, it's, it's got, it's got to get to that point sometime soon where it's like, what more can he prove or improve yeah. at Omaha? Like yeah. facing mm-hmm. this level of competition, can he get better? Just keep starting him against these bums down here. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he's got to alert, take his lumps in the major leagues and it's all about winning games in the major leagues. That's their priority. I know, but it's also one of your, future franchise type pitchers that maybe you you're, you can live with him taking a couple of lumps if if, if it's gonna pay off down long-term payoff we'll start cutting those teeth baby yeah <laughs> oh yeah start cutting yep. those teeth the other the other issue with that like it could be a ronald bolaños call up is he's already on the 40 man but he goes tomorrow on wednesday and uh, he would not be available to pitch on Friday, you wouldn't think. So I think that kind of rules him out, leaving really just a bullpen game potentially on Friday. Or or everybody everybody wanted to see it last week, but maybe Jackson Coar call up. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to see how that all kind of goes out. They're going to have to make a 40-man roster move uh, to, to incorporate that and to, to bring Coar up. Uh, so I think, you know, Dayton Moore loves his inventory, and, and that's kind of what's the obstacle at the big point. And maybe Coar is just not, you know, hasn't shown quite enough to get that call yet but uh we'll kind of see how friday shapes up that's the that's the next big milestone and especially if they don't expect danny duffy to be ready until you know a couple weeks from now then uh with that schedule kind of being day to day day to day to day 
um, we could definitely see another. We, we're going to need to see a five-man rotation. We can't just keep seeing Herbert Santana, Jake Junis, uh, uh, and then maybe a potential you know, AAA pitcher kind of coming up and making a spot start in, in a bullpen game. So we need that five-man rotation back. Um, and uh, hopefully we get to see Daniel Lynch here coming up. Yep. Let's get into the uh, the next round here. Still in the clearing waivers, but last time we did Ball Street, I could not find the theme song, but we did <laughs> did locate it. Shout out to Adam Summer once again for making another great theme song. Here we go for Ball Street. Ball Street. <laughs> A little bit different than what uh, what the usual Adam Summer special is, but uh, uh, appreciate his work and, and hitting us up with a good theme song. Go check out the Heartland Pod uh, that he hosts there. If you're into politics, go check him out uh, and uh, good work that they're doing over there. Ball Street, we've got four players here that we are going to buy, sell, or hold our theoretical stock in, if you will. Um, and then uh, kind of go from there. You Sometimes it's a take, sometimes it's a player. Well, this week it's a player. So first player, talked about already, Jorge Soler. Brian, where are you at on Jorge Soler? Brian holding or trading? I think this is your classic no-brainer hold mm. because his value's never been lower. I don't think this is really the player that he is. He can't be this bad. I, I just can't believe it. He's this bad for an entire year. So it's going to turn around. We've seen it happen before. When he gets hot, he can win games for you for a month straight. So you got to hold him, just like I think the Royals have to hold him. Maybe they could take this convenient injury and something sparks after after he comes back from it and he gets hot and his his numbers, you know, find their level once again, go back to where you'd expect him closer to be at least. And uh, so I'm holding. I think you may have to hold on to him for the rest of the year and just watch him walk away, but – if that's the case, then I I think that's what you have to do because there's you're not going to get anything back if you try to trade them deadline. Right. I don't think. Yep, Kitty. Yeah, as the Royals franchise, you got to hold. This is this is great. Hopefully, it's just a small two week two month slump. But <laughs> it's a long slump. slump. Yeah, it's a long slump. <laughs> hey, it's fifty games. Uh-huh. That's all. And but if you're together, I mean, I feel like there should be some teams that are calling update more trying to buy them see what they can see if there's any interest at all because as we've talked about there's potential down on the farm with actually outfielders mm-hmm. and salvi can man dh more often than not if you need him to so there's yeah. definitely possibilities of trying to i mean i don't think date more is going to sell them for a bag of rocks or anything but i'm sure some teams might be kicking the tires on solaire for a half year half year purchase see what the royals are willing to go with there legitimately going to be cash considerations yeah here's two million dollars yeah that's it if that you get get half of his uh his salary for the rest of the year that's about it yeah um you both are holding shout out to therese paler uh rest of peace to therese but his famous saying contract year is undefeated and there's a reason why that's why that's said (laughs) because it's undefeated Right now, it looks pretty defeated on Solaire's part, but I got to think <laughs> that he's not this bad. Um, so I think he does. They do need to hold him. Personally, I'm going to be buying Jorge Solaire stock cautiously. I'm not going to go without of my means. I'm not going to sell the farm, but I am going to buy as much stock as I can get in Jorge Solaire in the hopes that he does. I think when he does come back, we mentioned it earlier, he needs to be at DH solely. And not only is his defense terrible, but when he is 
at DH, his career OPS is 897 compared to when he does play right field. It's a 720. So I think just from that split in and of itself, I think he does belong with the plate. Value be damned. You are a designated hitter, Jorge Soler. Just embrace it. Just go Nelson Cruz on him. If you're Nelson Mm -hmm. Cruz, you got another decade to play and get paid. There's still plenty (laughs) of money to be made. So I I think they need to hold. I love Oliveros. I love Kyle Isabel. I want both of them to be Mm long-term assets for this team. I don't think Soler is long for this team, period. Like Kitty said, I think Carlos Santana and Salvi split a lot of reps at DH next season and kind of moving forward. But I don't think right now that either one of their ceilings is as high as Jorge Soler. Yeah, we haven't seen much from it this year. And last year was also not good. But the years before that were very good. And I think that that is still somewhere down in there. And besides, you're, I mean, we're kind of at a standstill. The offense has been struggling, and we're still at 500. So think if he ever does live up to that, the, to live up to that ceiling, even for, you know, a month. You know, he's carrying that offense for a month, and they may be 10 games over 500 after that point. Um, a lot to be said to kind of go into what's going to happen with Jorge Soler, but I'm buying cautiously. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Um, next player here, Hunter Dozier, very similar situation with him, not necessarily living up to what he's shown us in the past, but is he Ryan O'Hearn or is he, <laughs> you know, a, a long-term asset for this team and living out the extension that he just <laughs> did sign. I'm personally going to hold on buying stock in Hunter Dozier at this point. Um, Royals are going to keep him in the lineup regardless. That's fine. Totally understand it. Uh, before going into this game, he is three for 16 with one home run, one double, two, two walks and five Ks. His average exit velocity is still on par with his best years. So like Brian said, he's still hitting the hard, hitting the ball really hard. His K percent's way up. His walk percentage is way down. He's striking. He's swinging at a lot of pitches out of the zone. His, his percent that direction is still way up than what it usually is. Almost double. Uh, from what I've seen that I may, I may be getting mixed up there, <laughs> but it's still not as good. Um, so I need to see more before making any long-term commitments to either buy or sell Hunter Dozier at this point. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Kitty, where are you on a Hunter Dozier stock? Yeah, I'm in the same hold scenario. I'm, I'm a little worried that 2019 was the aberration and mm-hmm. the other three years he's shown us so far, parts of parts of those years might be the real Hunter Dozier and, not feeling great about that and i'm also not feeling great about you not being able to pull a long time royal that you could comp him to <laughs> <laughs> me i uh, said i went i had problems with that i'm gonna go joe randa is that one we can use joe randa <laughs> wow i feel like i i want his ceiling to be higher than the jokers i love joker I, but I, 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 i'm not sure if we can put a whole lot of stock in him his ceiling being higher than the joker but maybe gary gaetti Maybe <laughs> there you go, Gary Gaiety. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping, hoping Dozier turns around, but I'm not real super pumped about trying to buy any of his stock, even though it's as lowered as it is right now. Yeah, I think that's fair, Brian. Buy, buy, buy. He's my guy. <laughs> I still believe in Hunter. He's my guy. I told you that his. Last year, the option deal on his on his contract would be a no brainer when that time comes, and I still stand by that. What he what he's showing you right now is not who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back strong by the end of the year. We'll be <laughs> we'll be laughing at it, at his horrible start to the season because he's going to have he's going to be right on par with what we think he should be. So okay. I think he's going to have a big second half 
to this year, and I believe in Hunter Dozier. Interesting. Okay. I hope you're right. Uh, I wonder if you are. Um, moving on to the next player here, we mentioned earlier, Jake Brintz, um, kind of coming on the scene as a, a rookie relief pitcher, kind of a journeyman at, was he, 26, I think is what he is? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, currently a 219 ERA on the year and a 122 whip. Uh, very solid lately. Like we said, Brian, where are you at on Jake Brintz? I think this is your classic sell, sell, sell. Mm. If, you, if you're talking about stock prices here, yeah. I, I like the player. He, he's, he's come up big. Uh, the bullpen has needed that his presence greatly because he's stepped up, especially here lately. Uh, he's got a 202 ERA plus. So, I mean, been, been great numbers wise compared to everyone else. A nine and a half K, K per nine, 2.19 ERA. I mean, I like that whip. The problem is, He's not been this good even in the minor leagues before this. So <laughs> I, I'm wondering if we crash back to earth at some point, but hopefully it's a case of him actually figuring something out in his career and maybe making that next step. I hope that's the case. I mean, a lefty that can throw 100, don't grow on trees often. So mm-hmm. um, let's hope that it's a real thing, but I'm going to say his stock may be never been higher, and so it would only be smart of me to sell at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair, Brian or uh, Kitty. Where are you at? Yeah, he just took all my uh, all my thunder on that one. I'm selling <laughs> same same situation with as BK there. Yeah, the uh, the one that the 6.2 walks per nine is the one that's got the uh, that red flag raised real high up that flagpole. So mm-hmm. and definitely you can get away with that when no one's hitting the ball off you. So he's got that working for him with only 4.7 hits per nine. But you got to think they're going to start figuring him out a little bit, and if he's still that wild it's going to be a problem yeah and with those, those those walk numbers you really only feel comfortable having him pitch with a clean inning and nobody on base because if yeah, he comes in and walks a couple of guys then you're screwed yeah. so you almost have to give him a clean inning against you know, when you know a two out of the three first hitters or lefties type of thing so if we use him only in that kind of situation that's fine he would make me nervous as any sort of a fireman against lefties coming up if there were yeah. guys on base yep well, the uh, I'm actually going to buy as on this cautiously okay. again. Oh, I'm buying. Um, look at me, Mister Conservative. You Mr. suck at the stock market. <laughs> uh, it was coming out of the weekend that he's one of the most utilized pitchers, relief pitchers in the league as a rookie. Um, he's a top 25 pitcher, 24 in batters faced, and of those 25, only seven of them have a better ERA. Six of them have a better WHIP. And that is with a 6.2 walk per nine rate. Mm-hmm. So if he ever, I mean, we talked to like, if he, if he doesn't figure that out, then he's going to be in trouble. Well, he hasn't really figured it out and he's been fine. <laughs> is my only defense. <laughs> he's still walking 6.2 per nine and it doesn't matter. I think the biggest concern, the biggest red flag to me is he's giving up 90% of either medium or hard contact rate. So I think that along with the walks is a big red flag, but YOLO here, we're going to, we're going to start buying, <laughs> you're buying. within reason. We're so you're saying he some, figured something out then. I don't know if he figured it out. He's just, <laughs> he's just managing. He's working around those. And I feel like that's not nothing type of thing. But now that I said that he's going to blow the hell up and it's going to be all, all moot. Mike Matheny, please do not pitch him in the game tonight. Yes. Cause this is, He's in trouble now that Josh said that. Correct. Absolutely. Here. Um, speaking of in trouble, uh, next last player is Jake Junis. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, started the year putting up solid numbers out of the rotation and moved to the bullpen. Kind of, so a lot of people kind of caught him off guard and explicitly moved him to the bullpen at the beginning of the May, and he's had a rough May since then. Um, I am going to sell every single Jake <laughs> Junis stock I have ever come in contact with. If I own the Jake Junis stock, I'm selling it. If I've ever touched it, I'm acquiring it somehow. And then just for the simple case of just getting it off out of, out of my hands, um, I could not be more out on Jake Junis at the moment out of May in May, he's a 523 ERA and a 2.04 whip every uh, coming into this. Everybody was like, Oh, he's got a decent fastball with a great slider and he's going to make a hell of a time out of the pin. Where's that at? Mm-hmm. Where's that? I agree that that, that is the profile of a good reliever. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? I, I just don't, I haven't seen it. I, I, I'm, I'm not a Jake Junis believer. I wasn't coming into the year and this has done nothing to, uh, uh, to dispel that feeling. So I'm dumping every single share that I've ever thought about in Jacob Junis and uh, I hope the Royals do do. Um, Kitty, <laughs> you're up next. I'm going to hold on my Jake Junis. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, the, the, I wrote down 347 ERA in April, 964 ERA in May. That's not, not very good May. Not a good May. I, I just, he's obviously not a reliever. It, or at least it seems that way. He's maybe he just doesn't know what, how to prepare to come out of the pen. Some guys, there is that issue. I feel like I've heard stories of guys that pitch a simulated inning out in the, out in the bullpen before they kind of we run through a, a, an order in their head Scenario. as they're warming up scenarios yep. to get ready to come out of the pen so maybe he needs to look into something like that possibly to, to be ready but i feel like there's still some value on this team if they're not ready to bring up any of the young guys to have a possible another arm that can provide starts for you if he throws a couple more stinkers up there though at the rotation it's he's he's pretty much written his ticket out so yeah. this is really probably he's probably kept, coming down to the end here for himself he doesn't start putting together some better, better outings, but I'm going to hold for now. I feel like he might be feeling that pressure and maybe he needs to just relax a little bit and get, get back to himself. Okay. Right. All those stocks you sold, Josh, I'm buying them. Okay. <laughs> I'm buying the Jake Junis stock. I, 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 unlike what Kitty said, I think if he's shown anything, he is not made for this rotation not on a good team. If you really want to compete, he's a below average starting pitcher, even as a fourth or a fifth starter. Our strength in this system right now is starting pitching. So he has got to get in the mindset, got to figure out how he's going to be successful in the bullpen because that's the only place I want to see him from now on. And I do have faith have, having him out there with, with the way Davis is out there with the Greg Holland. Maybe he picks up on something. Maybe they can coach him up a little bit. May, hey, maybe try this out a little bit. I think he does need to get used to this bullpen role. But I say by by the end of the year, Jake Junis is going to be high in the trust tree of this relief oh. pitch. I think he's going to be a guy we see come in in the seventh and eighth inning and say, hey, I feel good about this. I feel good about this. By the end of this year, <laughs> trust right. tree occupied by Jacob Junis. All right. I like it. I like these are some bold proclamations here on yeah. June 1st. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> We're doing good. The, 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 the part about this is that we're all over the place uh-huh. and that is not <laughs> even really close are. to be by design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not planned. 
other podcasts are like, okay, how about you take this angle and I'll come at it from yeah. this angle to be kind of a devil's advocate. We need a normal one to kind of hold the stock. Nope. We are naturally that uh, differentiated. Um, this is not a Skip Bayless situation. This is not a, I'm not a Shannon Sharp. Come on, Skip. <laughs> this is not the situation that we have developing here, which is both a good thing because, uh, you know, we're getting that effect on accident but also kind of a bad thing because we're idiots and that's you know that's kind of what you're getting when you listen to the claim waivers podcast is, we uh, don't try to tell you otherwise we're dummies yeah, we're we're leaning into it we're giving we're just saying it louder it's all that's all we're doing here <laughs> bye 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 we did it. Yep. so the other good part about that is any any kind of affiliation with any kind of curse or anything it it, it only applies if it's the same one and i know i've taken a few shots already about things i've said in the past that uh that were vehemently wrong but i've also got some things right just a few mm. of them and 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 we'll have to see how this kind of ends up oh look jake prince is pitching thank you super God. <laughs> <laughs> never mention that again here we go okay um well uh that's gonna we're gonna close out clearing the waivers uh, we're getting into shenanigans right after this and we're back Time for some DFA. Brian's got a question, a trivia question this uh, this week. But before we do that, you know we got to play that theme song, baby. Hope I, don't get DFA. I should have played a more upbeat one. I should have. I should have won a little. <laughs> After the intro, maybe. Let's do this one. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Tonight. <laughs> I, I did get a question. Uh, it was like, do you guys have any like mellow songs? And I, naturally, I get all hype and then throw the throw the mellow <laughs> one out there. That's, uh, that's how we do here. Uh, DFA Brian's got a question with multiple answers. Uh, he's prepared for us here. We've got three options apiece before we are DFA between me and Katie. We got to get all the answers correct, otherwise Brian wins. Nobody wants that. Brian, take it away with your DFA question <laughs> for the week. All right, Josh, you've talked all night, so we're going to have Kitty go first. You're going second. Um, today's SARS are so unique because of the combination of power and speed. And when you talk about guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ronald Acuna, you're talking about guys that might be in the 30-30 club, and by that I mean 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. So I want to go look back at just the Royal system, and I wanted to say, okay, who's been in the 20-20 club here recently? Well, it's not many. So I said, let's <laughs> let's pull that back a little bit. Oh no! Who who's are, in the five and five club? Who are the last five guys to be in the fifteen and fifteen club? Okay. Fifteen homers, fifteen stolen bases. I will say, if you say somebody that qualifies but was older th than the five, I'm not going to put uh, an option against you. We'll just move on to the next guess. Oh. Do we? Does the same person give the next guest though? Yes, you'll have to give me a new name, but I won't. I won't hold it against you if you say a, a person that's past the latest five. So interesting. So with that being said, we'll start at Kitty. Oh wow! I mean, the first name that popped in my head might be, probably is too far back, but I'm gonna go Beltron. Carlos Beltron. So he did it four times, but he is not one of the last five. Okay. It has been a long uh, time for a couple of these, but. Not that kind long. Of Carlos you. Beltran was 1999-2003. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should uh, update my 
Royals Rolodex. I look when I look at old players. He yep. was one of the few guys the that are years. actually in the 2020 qualifier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many many of guy. these other guys are just above 15 in one of the two categories. Yeah, so right. I'm not going to hold gonna, right. on. So let's go new. I'll name. switch up to Lorenzo Kane. Lorenzo Kane's a two timer. 2015, 2017 did it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Alberto Mondesi then. He just missed this cut. Oh, that makes oh, sense. Wow. He uh he's gotten stolen bases easily a couple times, and I think the year that he would have done it, he only got 14 home runs or something like mm. that. So he was kind of a stinky cheese that Josh just ate right up. Yep. I just I couldn't help myself. I mean that's that is some stinky cheese. That's kind of <laughs> uh-huh. that's the cheese I would have taken the next uh if the, you hadn't picked him, I was going him definitely on the next uh next go around. Kitty, well, back to you. Let's go with a uh, former, I believe, Rookie of the Year, es- Alcides Escobar. Escobar not on this list. Damn. What about it? He never got the home runs, right? I don't think so. I don't think he ever hit 15 I feel like runs. he got close to it. I mean, I'm just way off on him. Um, Josh? I think the big one has got to be Whit Merrifield's got to be in there. Correct. Whit that did in 2017 and 2019. Well done. Back to Kitty. Let's see. Just trying to, th- I mean, this team's got a lot of speed guys too that have been probably the get the stolen base side and fall. And we have basically oh, established a baseline of this. These people have to be after <laughs> Carlos Beltran. Right. <laughs> yes, that's also true. <laughs> so true. it it may have been a while ago, but it wasn't like super long ago. Right. Oh man, my brain is doesn't work anymore. It's a real problem. I think here, who stole some bases? <laughs> this is so bad. Oh, I can't think of anybody. People are screaming something. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Apparently. People really want me to uh, not be on this trivia contest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not just sense. stare. I just stare in the distance and think of no names. It's pretty impressive, really. Give me a name. Yeah, I got to get something out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ibanez, strike two. Yeah, that's an option. <laughs> I don't have Ibanez on here on this yeah, list. I, I was just picking actual royal. That's the best I can get right there. I can tell you, I took my research list all the way back to 1991. So if Abanez would have done it, I would have had it on here. But <laughs> that is, oh my God. I think we got him when he was not stealing many bases. Yeah, I don't think he probably stole 15 in his whole runner's career. Yeah, that's probably true. But you gave me a name. Josh, what you got? That's all I wanted to do. I can't imagine. I can't remember the years for sure. But since I can't miss, I can just foul it off. Say Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon did do it twice, but it was prior to even Beltron. 1998 and 2000, he did it twice. So I will not hold that against you, but you got to give me another name. Um, The next one I thought about was old David DeJesus. I like that guess, but he did not do it. Hmm. Didn't get to 15 in both categories. So now you're both the two options used, so I will tell you that the three remaining names all came from the 2011 season. Whoa. Ten years ago. Ooh, okay, so that name's got All three guys in the same season. Yep. 
This team was making things happen. <laughs> I mean, Ned Yost would have loved this team. Oh, man. Just light power, light speed. Mm -hmm. I guess more back then it was more mid-speed because no one was stealing bases that time. Correct. Oh, man. This is... <laughs> no way I'm going to get a name. I couldn't, I can't pull anything right now. And season, the actual year it happened isn't really doing me a whole lot of favors. One of them was the last guy to do a 2020 club. I've got a couple of answers here. That's going to be. I'm not getting anything, so I'll just. All Stake right. Me out. Don't keep going. Don't need to keep. That's three options used. We'll go to Josh. By the and way, Jake Brent's clean inning. You can play along here with Kitty if you'd like. Kick some names off him if you want. So. All right, Kitty. That's ducking. <clears throat> I got I got Gordo. I got the Milkman. Okay. And I know Hosmer made his debut in 2011, I believe. But I don't think okay. he was probably around long enough, and he may not have had the stolen bases either. Right. Do you like any of those answers? I should probably tell you the one you like so you can pick away from it. <laughs> I feel like Gordo <laughs> is, is the best one. Gordo yeah. is here. He, he hit it in 2011, 23 homers, 17 stolen bases. Okay. No, okay. That was a good year for him. And Milkman had two pretty good resurgent years with the Royals, and I feel like yeah, that he was did the first one. I mean, he had 200 hits for the world, over 200 hits, so maybe ran into 15 home runs there. They were so bad in 2011, right? They were so bad. Um, you can pretty much substitute several years for that comment. <laughs> I don't think that was that was Scott Podsednik year was not that year. I'm gonna go Melky Cabrera. Melky Cabrera is on this list. 2011, he had 18 homers and 20 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. 60. Who the One hell more name. Played in 2011 on this team. That team was 71 and 91. Yeah. And Ned Yost was actually managing this team, so I guess maybe he didn't love yeah, it so much. He did love yeah. Uh, he probably still ruined loved him. it. <laughs> Wouldn't Butler. Second base was <laughs> second base on that team. That's right. <clears throat> in 2011, no he, he was gets, and there's no there's way no he, way he ran in 15 home runs. It wasn't SP Moose. <laughs> not we. I mean, Hosmer might be the best guess at this point. Yeah, might be. He I went way more. Hosmer is a good guess. He had 19 homers and 11 stolen bases that Ooh. year. Didn't yeah, quite make the cut. So the final homers is a lot. The final man on the list, the only person in the last 20 years that have got the 2020 club, Jeff Francoeur. Oh, no. Frenchy. 20 home runs and 22 oh. stolen bases for Jeff Francoeur <laughs> at the age of 27. Oh, wow. beautiful. Entering his prime. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, he probably hit 210 that year. Man, and that was that was the big – that was the big uh... – home run swing for you as you're making this question making this question oh yeah i had i had faith that neither one of you're gonna get jeff rancor I, mean, I was just thinking about him <laughs> the other day too that's that's real unfortunate on hell wrote it in 2003 with 17 homers and 21 home stolen bases but the one i really didn't expect to see outside of jeff rancor mark tian back in 1991 
And I totally wiped it from my memory that he played on the Royals. Pendleton. 34-year-old Kirk Gibson. Oh, yeah. Hit Ooh. 16 homers and 18 stolen bases. 18 stolen wow. bases. At the age of 34. I never would have thought him as an 18 wow. stolen base guy at 13. Kirk Gibson. I want to know that, that was like crazy. one bad series against a really bad catcher. And you got an 18, like you got at least 16 <laughs> yeah. of them. Just one. Someone he he knew the three pitchers really well, and then the catcher was trash, so he's just breaking off stolen bases. Right. Just and I also nuts. didn't realize he went on to play like three more years with Detroit. He played till like he was 38 yeah. years old or something. I did know that. But I yeah, thought he was that, old when he was playing season. on the Dodgers thing because he was <laughs> limping around the bases, but nope. He was. How could that guy – how does that guy stay on that many bases? He had the old man mustache. So yes. So, like, that guy could be 22 or he could be 47. Made no sense he could play eight more years after that. Yep. Well, that was a good question. I, uh, I, I am glad that I got four out of – well, I guess I got three out of five, and I'm still – Holding yep. to the Mondesi. I don't understand why uh, why that hasn't been been games played has been a problem. <laughs> Good point. In a year, Salvi Salvador Perez Dong nine five. Nice. Here we go. Uh, we got to keep trade cut to kind of close out the show this week. Uh, let's go with a let's go with another somber one. Keep trade or cut. Ba, ba, ba. The uh, the fun part about the keep trade cuts is how ridiculous they are, um, and they seem to only get more and more ridiculous. And I kind of grabbed this kind of the last minute from my brain. Um, we're gonna keep trade cut pets that are mostly obedient to you. That might be a key to some of the the decisions here, um, but we've got three animals here that are gonna be your pets, maybe your best friend, depending on how uh, how things go for you. But uh, we got a spider monkey, we've got a falcon. We've got an octopus. We're going to keep trade and cut one of these. Brian, you were the big winner of DFA, so you're going to go first. What's your keep trade cut? Well, first, I'm just going to cut the octopus. I just don't see the payoff in it. You you can't really play with an octopus because it needs to be in the ocean or you need a giant-ass aquarium in your house. And even then, am I going to want to go swimming with this sometimes disobedient octopus? That sounds like a disaster. (laughs) So I'm just going to say bye-bye, octopus. And uh I'm going to <laughs> trade the falcon because mm-hmm. fal- a falcon would be cool. It'd be cool to have a bird that you had trained kind of uh, to play with. So I think it's got some value, but I, I don't want the, the 5% of time that it's not listening to me and who knows what a falcon's going to mess up. <laughs> so I'm going to trade that falcon away for a nice cuddly koala bear because <laughs> I, I feel like I need to bring on a pet that – in the the 5% that is disobedient, it's not going to kill me or somebody else. So a koala bear, even if they get feisty, it's like 15 pounds. So you can just throw it against the wall if you if it's <laughs> trying to real? come at you. Is that real? I think they're like 15 <laughs> to 30 pounds. Probably. I think they're a little bigger, bigger than, than that. that. Okay, nope, keep going. They're 15 to 30 pounds. I, I know it for a fact. <laughs> so, <laughs> 30 pounds. I mean, can you imagine showing up to the grocery store and you got a koala like on your shoulder and people pretty cool. I mean, people would think that's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, they're 24 to 33 inches and weighs on average nine to 33 pounds. You nailed it. Bang. Yeah. Oh my God. Like Give me that koala bear. They're like if, a little kitty cat. If he wants to act up, I can still manhandle him and, and, <laughs> you know, get him back in line. Get a little rough with them. It couldn't do that if I traded for a tiger. So that's why I stayed away from the tigers, the big cats. And of I mean, course, I'm gonna just... I'm gonna keep the spider monkey because mm-hmm. that's always been a dream of mine to have a pet monkey. 
and <laughs> those if they get unruly could be could could wreck some shit mm-hmm. but i feel like they probably wouldn't kill somebody so i can i can deal with maybe them biting a kid or something but they're probably not going to kill someone what was so that I, movie monkey paws I what's know. that what's that movie kitty <laughs> i know Dunst, it's Dunstan shines. checks in Dunstan nope. checks in <laughs> Monkey shines. I believe this is the, monkey this is the one that uh, Josh is looking for. Uh huh. So that spider monkey was aggressive. He was up we'll to no that. good. So I could potentially be walking around with a spider monkey on my left shoulder and a koala bear on my right, and that sounds That's like true. a pretty good day. I think the only thing I worry about is some of those koala bears have chlamydia. Just they have what? Chlamydia. They have uh. chlamydia. You got to uh, just make sure you find one without it, and then. Make sure you keep that one. <laughs> well, I don't plan on having sex with it. So or I think just not have sex with it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a part of it. You know, I've, there's been a lot of uh, talk <laughs> about diseases passing from animals to humans of late for some reason. Huh, so what? maybe not. What's going might on? not be that. Might not be the way it passes from those animals. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just like, don't kiss it. Yeah, no making out. They'll probably gotta How keep you not away from scratching. Kind of keep lips. scratching you, probably. I'm gonna kiss that koala bear right on the lips. All right, that's your care. risk. As long as they don't use a toilet seat that's dirty with it, I mean, we'll be fine. It's not a potty train. (laughs) Hopefully, he's mostly obedient that day. Yeah, that's true. True. That's a good point. (laughs) Uh, I'm going pretty much locksteps, also cutting the octopus. I think it's underrated. I think it would be low-key party trick central Mm because they got a lot of things that they can do. Um, So I think think there is more value there, but I am also going to cut it. I think a lot of dummies are going to want to trade for that falcon as well. Where are you going to keep that damn thing? Those wingspan is so damn big. And like Brian said, God knows what it's going to do when it's unruly for that 5% of the time. So It's I, definitely going to kill the neighbor's cat. 100%. And you're going to have to answer for that. Yep. And what, what can a falcon do that I can't do with technology faster? Or do with a crow. Or a crow. Or a raven. Crows yeah. are super smart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can. Just train I can, a crow. I'll train a crow. Is it, we're going to prove a point here. I'm going to train yep. a crow. We're going to do this. So I'm also keeping that spider monkey um, extra versatile on land. So utilization is, is definitely more so. And then I'm going to have a potentially a best friend out of it. Um, I'm going to trade the Falcon for another spider monkey, because what's better oh. than spider monkey? <laughs> Two spider monkeys. <laughs> You're going to walk uh, in with a spider monkey and koala bears. I got two spider monkeys doing my bidding in a tag team tournament. Or triple threat. The, jealous, the jealousy in that household is going to be off the charts. Yep. And plus, I mean, one gets out of hand one time. Very rarely are they going to be synced up and be unruly at the same time. So you oh, have an awesome hurt. wrestling match that just goes nuts like every once in a while. One of them's lot bound to be a problem child. That's fine. They're still unruly only some of the time. <laughs> I feel that's, like that's the stipulations here. It's, one of those spider monkeys is going to turn into Mojo from The Simpsons and then you're just going to ruin it with too many donuts that it's been stealing from the local <laughs> donut shop for you, whatever else whatever other bidding you have this thing do that's more more than likely nefarious act <laughs> the bidding mm-hmm. or spider monkey bidding like yes that. kitty what's your keep trick <laughs> got to close it out this week i'm also cutting the octopus i think if live near the the ocean i'd probably keep it yeah because seems like they're pretty damn smart based on mm-hmm. you know recent events and movies that have come out and other things pretty quiet they are a very quiet animal <laughs> i mean so this it seems like a it's a low-key cool thing to be a pet with but again it's also in water all the time so that really hurts its value to me being the in the midwest yep. definitely <laughs> landlocked <laughs> yeah 
So with our landlocked ways, I'm keeping that Falcon. Oh, there we go. I'm risking it. I'm risking that 5% disobedient rate. And I'm hoping it's only going to kill the squirrels and other, not hopefully not killing any small dogs or cats in the neighborhood and (laughs) just going after other tree animals. But man, I just think having that leather strap on my arm and commanding my Falcon to do some things would be pretty damn cool. Uh, go, go rustle me up something over there. Just uh-huh. have it take off and just, uh, just be majestic and be awesome. I hope you like a lot of small prey or fish. Cause he's coming. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to really, uh, start take some lessons from some, uh, country folks cooking when they're cooking squirrels and yeah. chipmunks and the like, just to figure yeah. out what's the best way to prepare small vermin <laughs> to keep, my, keep myself healthy. He's got I don't know how they are about sharing house. their food. Well, they're obedient, Brian. You well, I mean, it's, squirrels for me. It's catch, one, it's, it's, catching one a, it's catching multiple items out there. Ah, Josh, I've got a dog that's mostly obedient, and you think I'm trying to reach in and get 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 the dog's food? That ain't going to end well for my hand. You do uh, that dog needs to obey you a little bit more? Why are you no. letting that dog alpha you all over the place? I mean. Once I start cooking meals for this falcon and it tastes cooked meat instead of raw meat, I think we're going to get a great bond going. Yeah, I think that's You got a system established. They bring all the salt into that falcon's diet. It's game over. Exactly. That's (laughs) not going to be pumped. Yeah. And then I'm trading the spider monkey because obviously spider monkey is cool. Cool as hell. Big time trade. But I'm going to go. I'm taking a big cat and I'm taking a cheetah. Oh, Ooh. I mean, that thing sleeps 23 hours a day, so it can be disobedient <laughs> while it's sleeping and I'll be good to go. That's quite a dice you're rolling right there. Yeah, oh, I'm rolling that dice on that cheetah. <laughs> that is full bore for about 20 minutes and the rest of the day it is wiped out. Yeah. So I'm hoping I can <laughs> escape some, uh, some deadly situations with that cheetah, but just taking a cheetah to the dog park. <laughs> that just seems like a good time that would be oh a sight to behold so you're taking the two fastest animals on earth peregrine falcon and a cheetah here we go I, i'm i'm here for speed speed yep. and domination from this from mother nature for me and that dog part is just a bloodshed yeah oh, i'm just oh, I, i've got toast. i've got the uh the cheetah it's leashed up and i'm just showing oh. everybody off hey let's leave me alone this is more of a uh power move. walk of Power move exactly where uh, in, I'm in the neighborhood now, and I've got this cheetah. Yep. You better act, start acting right around me. I, they don't I, even know I, I have the falcon at home. They have no idea about the falcon sitting there too. It's up you, in the you, tree watching. You, exactly. It's is that a cat's eye on me, ready to go. That falcon's been that, around a while. That belong to chap to cheetah man. <laughs> I feel like they have sweet screeches too, so you know when the screech is coming, you're in trouble. Yeah, oh, that'll be good. That will be good. That's true. Uh, good points. Very well done on the uh, key trade cut this week. So uh, thanks for bringing the great, great points and such a stupid argument. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but that's going to do it for the Cleveland podcast this week. Uh, we do appreciate each and one, every one of you stopping by and joining us for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, go and leave us a five-star review. Uh, it really helps us out, uh, as they all say. Uh, you can also become a subscriber on the YouTube channel. That way you get uh, the updates on whenever there's a new episode. Uh, go check out the great work over at Royals Review. Uh, we've got your, outside of us, 
probably the second best. Maybe it's like a 1A, 1B situation as far as Royals coverage goes because uh, they ain't talking about Peregrine Falcons on the Royals <laughs> review unless I'm writing an article, and then then maybe. Mm-hmm. No holds barred on that front. But, <laughs> Uh, but no, go check out the Royals Review website. Uh, great work over there. Go uh, speaking of great work, Royals Farm Report uh, keeps you in tune with the uh, farm system of the Royals. Great work over there. Shout out to them as well. Uh, for that, after that, uh, we appreciate you one more time. Thanks for joining us. Tots off for now.